Welcome to the FDF podcast, passionate about food and drink. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Food and Drink Federation podcast, passionate about food and drink. I'm Julie Byers, Public Affairs Manager at FDF, and I'm joined today by FDF Chief Exec Ian Wright and FDF Summary Acting Director Pete Robertson. It's actually quite timely as Ian, Pete and I just met with Leslie Griffiths, the Welsh Minister for Environment, Energy and Rural Affairs recently. We've been building a close relationship with her as she is responsible for food and drink in Wales. What changes have you seen in the food and drink industry, particularly in Wales? Is there a difference between businesses, food and drink businesses in Wales' response to um, kind of all the latest challenges, what you've seen elsewhere? Well, I think the interesting thing that's happened in the last uh, six to eight months, particularly since the March lockdown, has been the way in which the Welsh government, uh, in line with the Scottish government particularly, has in a sense, found its voice and found its identity. And Mark Drakeford and his colleagues have taken very seriously their duty to look after the health of the people of Wales. Um, And they've extended that responsibility into a lot of areas where I don't think any of us, initially at least, thought it would go. So when the suggestion that people should not travel from England into Wales uh, in order to stop spreading the virus was first mooted, I think a number of us thought it was an extraordinary assertion. Actually, four or five months on, it seems like absolute common sense. And I think the way in which the Welsh Government has has defined that responsibility has had a big impact on business. Now, there may be quite a lot of argument that uh, some of the moves that uh, the Welsh Government has made have in the short term disadvantaged uh, some food and drink businesses. That may or may not be the case, but certainly they put their stamp on the management of the crisis. They'll be judged by it. And the consequence for business is very, very clearly that we have to take very seriously the role and responsibility of the Welsh Government. And that's a good thing. It also, incidentally, is a good thing that the Welsh Government is so interventionist in the food and drink space. They see it as an asset. They see the industry as an important asset for Wales. And they're determined to make the best of it. And I have to say, I'm hugely impressed with Leslie Griffiths as a minister. I think she's doing a cracking job in very difficult circumstances. So I might just turn to Pete now, just to give your perspective. You joined the role in uh, April. I've also joined FDF and FDF Cymru as um, doing their public affairs work recently as well. And there's been a lot of proactive engagement that we've done with the Welsh Government. I just was wondering what, from your perspective, what's do you hope to achieve and kind of what have you already achieved even as well? I think I think it was interesting since Ian and I and Tim sat down in a Cardiff um, lunchtime slot, I think it was on the 7th of March, uh, and we just sat down and said, okay, what's, what are the needs of the industry? Where, where, does it, where can FDF, we came from the start point of where can FDF best constru- contribute to the challenges ahead? FDF's been a long-standing partner in, in the Welsh food and drink industry. However, Ian's absolutely correct about the level of intervention, but it's practical intervention. So the interventions are, are, you know, innovation support, food innovation Wales, there's a, a very active food board, there's a very active set of cluster networks. It's very well supported on the ground, all driven by and paid for by the Welsh Government. So for FDF, what I effectively wanted to do is, is to make a difference of some sort. I know that sounds quite grand, 
So the first thing we really had to do was to find out what is the landscape. My background is, as I was previously a customer of all that support, so when I was a managing director of a, a packaging goods business in Deeside, I was very much aware of there was lots of support out there, and we were members of FDF as well. However, it was just a case of saying, so what is the unique offering? Because obviously in a situation like this, when you've got that level of support network, various different agencies, lots of webinars, lots of support, lots of sessions, you know. So so what I wanted to do was understand the landscape and actually distill it into some lessons and to learn some lessons. And effectively, you know, from that from that process, I mean it's been great to be involved with the government in terms of in terms of Leslie Griffiths and, and all the officials. The officials have been fantastic with me in terms of opening the doors. And interestingly, not just the food division, before it was just about the food division, uh, Julie, but you know, when we've stretched reached out to economy, we've reached out to fair work, we've reached out to the environment guys in terms of circular economy, we reached out to the health people. All of those, you know, all of those people have been talking to us directly, and I think that's been a, a real help, not just for our members, but actually for the wider sector. And I know that our contribution and the expertise we can play in that situation has been a real help. In terms of your question around priorities, um, for me, we're a members organisation, uh, and Ian's talked about the the difference and and the way the landscape has clearly changed from a political perspective. So for me, the number one priority for for FDF is is to be on the ground with our members in Wales, in the Welsh facilities, as much as we can to understand what their their specific challenges are and how we can help them. I think the second one I would say is around around awareness, actually. I think Brexit's, Brexit and COVID and all the various different other things and the number of consultations, there's so much information out there. One of the things that we need to try and do is work with our members and the, and the rest of the industry to make it as clear as we can what what they really need to do, what's really important. We really need to make sure that that's a focus on those two topics. And interestingly, the third one I've got is is around um, shaping the support structures. You know, Welsh Government are doing different support. You know, they've got an economic resilience fund that's looking at the, looking at supporting businesses in terms of as they decide what the future recovery is. It's also got finances and investment schemes. But we just need to make sure the appetite is there, but they're putting the right packages on the table. And that's, I think, really important for us and really important how we shape that across the whole board. And then I suppose the other thing is 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 looking for looking forward, uh, with, with, given that we've not got enough to do, there's clearly there's an election coming next year. And what we've got to think about is, is what do we need to contribute to that process and how do we need to work with the uh, the, the various different parties because potentially the political landscape in Wales, which has been Labour for 20 years, other than okay, there's a coalition at the moment with one Liberal Democrat, could be quite different in, in, in future. I just wanted to pick up just on a couple of things that you're mentioning because obviously engaging not just with the food division but across a wide range of departments within the Welsh Government that you mentioned. I think from my my experience is that Welsh government are very ambitious and particularly with their recycling agenda. They're already one of the kind of world leaders in recycling and they want to increase that as well. Is that something that FDF Cymru is looking to engage? Uh, absolutely. The first thing I would say is they're number three in the world. And so from that point of view, they're extremely proud of it. You, you go past the buses in Wales today and they've got mighty Wales on the side. 
they, they consider Wales as part of recycling is in the DNA and they intend to take that as far as they possibly can. Uh, you're right, they're hugely ambitious and it's potentially significant for our industry and absolutely we've engaged with, with all our members, we're making sure that we are fully contributing to the consultation. We're fortunate to have a great team back at base as well who can, who can help with my expertise. I'm, that's not an area of expertise for me, but what I would say to you, especially with an 18 year old daughter who lives in Swansea, is it's a passion of mine. Just back to you, Ian. We've talked about FDF Cymru and the aims and objectives and what it's looking to achieve. And I was just wondering why kind of the focus is in Wales. Why is it vital that FDF members, that FDF Cymru continues this proactive approach? Well, I think it, it, it was a big gap in our armory, really, from the start of my tenure as chief executive and before that as director general of, of the FDF, I, I we had a Scottish uh, operation, FDF Scotland, um, but we didn't have anything in Wales. And I, can, I found that rather odd, um, particularly as Wales has this vibrant uh, food industry and has this kind of cluster approach. It's a very different approach, actually, uh, to what's followed elsewhere in the UK. But it has been very successful. And of course, quite a lot of it is driven by the remarkable success of, of the retailer Iceland, who have, have gone very, very hard over the last 45, 50 years uh, into local sourcing. And Malcolm Walker is to be commended for that. I mean, he in many ways is the architect of a large part of the Welsh food industry, certainly the food industry in the north of Wales, uh, around Wrexham and, and further north. Um, but uh, it seemed a gap to me. And, and we could never quite work out how we made it work for three reasons. Colleagues listening in Wales will know these only too well. One problem is simply the transportation and the links between uh, Wrexham and the Wrexham sort of Chester area, Deeside, then the further north you go, and then how do you connect that with the South Wales of Cardiff, Swansea and the Valleys? Because it's very difficult simply to get between the two. That was the first problem. The second problem was getting scale. So how could we run an operation that would actually be have an impact? How could we get somebody senior enough and heavyweight enough in the Welsh food industry to make a difference with a relatively small membership. And the third is how could we be relevant? Because as Pete says, the Welsh government is doing an enormous amount of the things that we'd ask it to do. Um, so it's a different kind of role. And we spent, I think, a bit too long trying to work out how to do it. Um, and we've had a couple of full starts. But actually now, we were very lucky that Pete decided to join us and has played such a, a critical role not just in getting the operation off the ground, that, that, that's very important, but he's also reframed our business model. And I won't go too far into that because it's a bit, it, it, some of it's a bit technical, but he has actually made it possible by some pretty impressive lateral thinking to, uh, to fund the operation properly. The other thing is, when you get the managing director of one of Wales's leading food companies join the FDF, in the same way as when, you, when David Thompson, who was the most senior civil servant, in Scotland, covering food joined us. That's a big fillip for the organisation. It means we can be taken seriously, not just in uh, 
in the corridors of Cardiff, uh, in government and in uh, and in the Senate, but also in the business community as well. So that's what made a big difference for us. Just to pick up on that, Ian. First of all, uh, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, that's, that's 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 really kind words. I really appreciate it. Is is. It's, it's interesting. One of the, the reasons I really enjoyed working with FDF is, is the, what, the fact that the title is passionate about food and drink. Passionate is what I'm about. And so from that point of view, I'm really enjoying it and working with the excellent team that, that has been built over the years. So it's fantastic. I mean, one thing just to pick up on those models or a couple of things to pick up on those models is, is around the aspirations of the Welsh Government. We've talked about circular economy, but the other huge aspiration is around innovation. Innovation in food, innovation in manufacturing, innovation in productivity. Wales does have, to put it frankly, a shocking level of productivity. Um, and part of that's cultural and part of that is, is partly to do with the, the scales of the business, but also it's is the nature of how things are, the food supply chains put together. Now, one of the things that we are involved in and I'm really, really delighted to be involved in is something called the Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre. It's to give you a sense. It's it's a it's a the food and business, food and drink and packaging um, initiative that is is basically on the site of Airbus. Now, obviously, uh, it's it's a shared site with Airbus, but it's it's a joint venture with the University of Sheffield and their National Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre. What we're doing is we're actually reaching out to businesses to directly. Um, put projects together where we can improve their productivity, improve their use of automation, improve their uses of virtual reality. Now, it's interesting, and the reason that we've been brought on board is it plays to a certain degree Ian's point, which is they've come from an academic perspective and very much from an assembly line perspective. Now, food factories, yes, to a certain degree, they're assembly lines. Yes, to a certain degree, they're automated. But but I used to work at Toyota in an, in an engine plant assembly line and a food, a food uh, factory is not like that. The ingredients change, the dynamics change, the, the tolerances within the product, you know, the, the, it's a different thing altogether. So I'm really pleased that we've been involved in, in, in that. And I think that's going to be a springboard for us because what it does is, is it gives us something to offer and it gives us something unique to offer. And actually it's something the government is really keen to push in Wales. So on the background of where we've been, I think that's, that's something that's been really important and I'm pleased we're getting this off the ground. That's interesting that innovation is such a big priority for the Welsh government. And it kind of leads me on to my next question, which is we're in a very precarious time at the moment where COVID continues to loom. Businesses are now preparing for the end of the transition period. And really, is is innovation something that business should be looking towards? Is that one of the opportunities that they have right now? Or um, are there other opportunities that they should be seizing at this time? Uh well, I think I think it is a precarious time, and I think it's understandable if business leaders who are pretty beleaguered at the moment, both in terms of the uncertainty created by Brexit and the very difficult situation, the challenge of COVID-19, it would be understandable if they hunkered down and just focused on simple survival. And many business, for many businesses, that is the, the strategy of necessity. They don't really have a choice. But I think this is a, out of great challenges are born um, great companies. And this, that's a bit of a cliche, of course, but there is an opportunity here 
And what will happen, this virus, particularly the virus, will, I think, uh, I hope, recede in importance. It may not disappear, but it's, it's a kind of every day, every moment domination of the news and our thinking will at some point uh, disappear. And what remains afterwards is something that we can shape now. So there are, you know, if you look, if you walk around uh, big cities at the moment, they're empty, but there's a lot of building going on. A lot of people uh, are, ch- are taking the opportunity to upgrade their, their business property um, or indeed, indeed their homes. And in a way, that is a metaphor for what businesses should be doing in their everyday work, particularly in the food industry. They should be upgrading their portfolio. They should be thinking about what they can do differently that will appeal to people differently when their attention is available after the virus has receded. And I think that's what successful businesses of the next five years are doing right now. We just don't see it. So, you know, innovation and development of new products, new approaches, doing things differently is going to be really important. And we will see the value of that in the years to come. We won't necessarily see it right now. Pete, did you want to come in on that about what what um, what do you think businesses yeah. should be doing when the future is so uncertain at the moment well well absolutely i mean i mean it's, it's, it's interesting that the the virus has obviously increased the, the demand for a rural lifestyle working from home it becomes a more viable opportunity you can get you can get from what despite the uh, logistical challenges of wales you can get from chester to london in two hours and 15 minutes uh, so from that point of view, there are, there are, and from Cardiff to London, the same sort of time. So from that point of view, there are ways to do that. I think I think the interesting thing for me in terms of that was about one thing we've already seen is the, the innovation in markets and channels. And we've seen the innovation in business models in terms of businesses coming together to, to have a digital offering. There's so many businesses, especially the guys that have been hit with hospitality, you know, Mike, the customers have disappeared. We need to find other customers, and they've come together in different ways to make that happen. Um, so, from that perspective, that's definitely an important thing that we've seen for sure. Yes, it definitely seems like it's a time where businesses constantly need to think about how to adapt to in order to survive as well. Interestingly, the one thing I would say, which maybe is, is we've talked a lot about Wales. Wales is going to be an absolutely fantastic place to do business if you're in the food industry. If and there's going to be whether it's now or in time, there'll be a significant UK is still a huge market in Europe and there's going to be people housing the facilities and wanting the blueprint facilities in, in the UK. And in terms of Wales, uh, the potential for inward investment, the availability of the workforce, the support that they get, the appetite they've got for the government and the, the scale of direct innovation support in Wales, for me when it comes to opportunities, actually if you're looking at the UK you would and you, you're in food you need to be thinking about Wales. Uh, and the other thing I would say, which is a, a personal one of mine, because this has been a learning journey for me, obviously I've been in the industry, but not in different segments. So Wales is give or take a coastal nation, a bit like the UK. 97% of the, all the seafood that's, that's caught off the Welsh coast is exported and it's none of it is processed in Wales. Now, if you look at that from a, we need to be a more circular economy, self-sufficient nation, that's one example. And there are quite a few other examples where 
um, primary or ingredients are sourced or created in Wales, but the value is added outside of Wales. And I think that's something that the government, I know, is aware of, and that's something that they will be looking at in terms of um, opportunities. It sounds like we're in a really great position in progressing our relationship with the Welsh Government and working with them going forward to support food and drink businesses in Wales and I'm sure those listening will be interested in learning more. So Ian and Pete, thank you very much for your time and as I was just saying, do get in touch with any thoughts you have in response to anything covered today and feel free to tweet us at food and drink fed at FDF Corp Affairs and you can also follow FDF Cymru at FDF Cymru. Thank you for listening to this FDF podcast. FDF is the voice of the food and drink industry, supporting our members with the expertise to develop, grow and strengthen their business. To learn more about how we can help your business, contact us at members.inquiries at fdf.org.uk. There's no better time to become an FDF member.